Welcome to Watch Over, a podcast devoted to all things Arrow and Elicity. Featuring myself, Jen, aka J Buffy Angel, and me, Kelly, aka Callista Wolf. Be aware we do discuss spoilers and swear now and then, but we will always have fun and you will too. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yo, peeps. Hey, Jen. We got the whole crew here. The golden ladies. Well, fortunately, I didn't burn my apartment down, even though I left my flat iron on all day long. So that was... It doesn't have, like, an emergency shutoff? No, I just... I walked into the apartment and it smelled like burnt hair, but I just... I had it in the... I had it in the sink, and so with not touching any other stuff so okay Oops. good so next christmas ask for a flattener that has an auto it's like shut an off. automatic shut off yeah once again that's to a certain heat it shuts up they should just all make them like that it should just be like the law mine turns off i think after you can set how long but like after 20 30 minutes it'll turn off on its it'll own start, it'll shut off. and that saved my butt so many times i like I have issues. I have like OCDness about checking it because I'm always afraid I'm going to leave it on. True. But it shuts off. So, so it's new ladies. Well, not, not that much new. Although <sighs> we should probably just get straight into it. 10, yeah, let's get straight into it. Okay. Sounds good. What are we getting straight into? Arrow. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Which episodes are we on today? 13 and 14. So things are just starting to get good. 13 and 14. Wait, we're on 13? I know. What? Did we miss 12? Yeah, we we missed 12, Maddie. We We didn't really do 12. We should do 12 and 13. Because isn't 14 Felicity in the the bunker? Yeah. We we briefly, like, we talked about 12 for a minute no, last week but we can do 12 and 13 and the next week can be felicity because i want to spend some time on that so because then we're okay. into the good episodes besides 12 is so pretty even if we've done it before exactly. we, can do it. <laughs> we so talked pretty. about it really we really didn't talk about it very much last week so we're good let's do 12 and 13 yeah. okay it's okay, um, a bit so oh vertigo there we go vertigo the first mm. time love me some vertigo you did make um, an extreme point, though, Mad, in that we have not talked about the flashbacks. Like, at all. <laughs> like at all. So maybe we talk about the flashbacks in addition to mm-hmm. hitting on the prettiness. Yeah, of- we can just, like, mm-hmm. talk about the totality of the flashbacks. Of, like, it's not that they, like, they've been worse in the show. Oh, Yeah. Well, I just was never super into the flashbacks, which I found hilarious because when my mom was watching Arrow, she was like obsessed with the flashbacks and only wanted flashbacks. I was like, that's like, very weird. So I remember the, like the fanboys that get so excited about Slade and I'm like, just because I didn't have any comic knowledge, all of a sudden I was just like, it was like a gut reaction to be like, you really like this, so clearly this isn't something I'm going to be interested in. 
stop paying attention, you know? Yeah, I kind of, like, I mean, you gotta love Yao Fei. Yeah, he's you just, gotta love it's Yao. true. He's and Yao. Shadow and, and Shadow and Slade. I didn't have the same excitement. I'm with you over Slade showing up. I, well, I, it's I it's good like, in season okay. two, but like in this that was part, as good as it got, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, appreci- thing- I appreciated that it made sense how Oliver acquired the skills. Yeah, it's true. You need it, like because we've seen hero arcs where all of a sudden they just are able to do that. Well, yeah, and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. You're going to set up, this is the formula, that you get to see them, flashback or otherwise, go through the motions of learning the skills. You can't then transition us to a character without showing us those skills and then expect us to accept them on a similar level to the other character. maybe some more training than just boxing. Might be a Maybe. good idea. Just a thought. Just a thought. So, so fundamentally, Oliver was trained by Yao Fei, who is like basically like super spy ninja, and Slade, who's the Australian version of a Navy SEAL. He's yeah. like and, an Australian super spy ninja. <laughs> yeah, Australian super spy Navy SEAL. And uh, Shadow, who's basically the apprentice of her father, and just the shit. So he really had three people almost immediately off the bat being like, here's how you survive this place, dude. So, and I I did. Because it's like, this is like vigilante undergrad, and then, (laughs) like, Argus is vigilante grad school, where. Like Amanda Waller then kicks you up to your master's, and there we go. Yeah, and go. then Bratva is like your PhD. Absolutely correct. Yeah, actual statements. Oh my god, yeah. I do have to say that season one, Ollie. See, that's what makes you kind of check out a little bit is He's your so hero cringe. is at his most unlikable because, like, I, like it's. I gotta give Stephen Mill credit. It's a feat to not find him attractive. But like Ollie, like no. I could not understand why he was getting all the ladies because I was like he's just... He's a whiny little bitch. Yeah, he's just a little bitch. So it... uh, And yeah, I get it. What was really the mind blower for me was when I met Steven for the first time and I heard his real voice. And you're like, oh, you're Ollie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit. Ollie is his is his real voice. Like, it's so much higher pitch than I was expecting. It really threw me. I was like, oh, what? So this is just you. Like, he go. lowers it an octave, y'all. So I just was like, I mean, it was almost to the point where I, like, I almost couldn't focus on the suit, but I pulled, I pulled through. <laughs> so it's such a nice suit. Okay. Yeah. By the way, for keeping track with our episodes and stuff, if you Google arrow like 112, as far as the like 1x12 format, the fourth thing that comes up is your review. Oh, really? Yeah. Aww. That's nice. Thanks, Google. So after IMDb, it. Rotten Here Tomatoes, and the Arrow Wiki. Wow, Jen. Damn, that's awesome. 
there I am. Yep. <laughs> You're legit. I was like, I need to go look. What did I write about? What did I do? Oh, wait, but 12. Oh, that's right. Oh, I love this episode. Oh, this is a really important episode. We got to spend some time on it because it's important. Like I said, it's pretty. It's a pretty one, and it's super, super important. <laughs> You're right. We didn't do 12. We blew through 11. No, we talked very briefly. I remember we okay. we, we sang Vertigo's praises, but like That's we true. didn't discuss the book. We didn't c- discuss the oh, cafe no, scene. Yes, or the, was, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I feel like it's a foundational episode for Oliver and Felicity's relationship. It is. It really is. It it establishes at least her expectations of him. Right. And the fact that he's willing to meet those expectations is kind of like, whoa. Because, like, his mom, his sister, Laurel, Mm -hmm. nobody is getting their expectations of him met. And here Felicity is like, no, you're not going to give me this marm. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Because the juxtaposition that we get, like, the true, like, pinnacle of bullshit in I Ran Out of Sports Bottles. Which is, by far, until Mama Smoke shows up, most hilarious scene to me yeah. in Arrow history. Diggle's face in that moment. Well, <laughs> that he yeah. just leaves. <laughs> He's just like, I can't. <laughs> to then just this honest, beautiful oh. moment at the end of the episode. I, I, I can't endorse this. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, I mean, trust between Oliver and Felicity is like a major theme of their relationship. And I love that clearly she knows he's bullshitting. He knows he's bullshitting. But she kind of, not kind of, she really lowers the boom on him and kind of knocks him off his feet when she presents the book, you know? Yes. And he's like, he was not expecting that. And Oliver is somebody who he's researched her. He's followed her. He probably knows where she banks and where she shops and he knows her social security number. Like he doesn't, he's so methodical and you know, he does, he did background checks on both of them and he doesn't get put on the back foot. Exactly. He was not seeing that curveball and I really love the way Steve plays it because he's very hesitant to take it. Like she hands it to him and he just, he takes a minute to think about before he takes it. And then he's like, how much does she really know? And she knows enough, but she's not quite close to who he is yet. But I think it's, um, the matter of time. Yeah. He realized, Oh, she's she's smart but damn she's a lot smarter than i thought she even i thought she was you know and she really you're right she really kind of like flips his world upside down and he tries to turn the charm on to distract her away from any suspicions she might have and he learns right away Mm -hmm. that she's like i'm not gonna fall for that nonsense right and she tells him to knock it off yeah, and basically because she's like i you've lied to me so many times and yet i still feel like i trust you and like why is Which that is, i mean that line anytime anyone ever was questioning felicity and why does she forgive oliver and why does she do this and why does she put up with this and what i'm like you guys she got on board with our homeboy when he was dropping bodies 
she believes in the very essence of who he is is fundamentally good. So even when he's doing bad things, she thinks that he's doing them for righteous reasons. So she really does kind of like put her cards on the table. And the best part is not only does she have a copy of the book, but it's from his mother. (laughs) And Oliver's just like, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? Rewind. So she, Felicity, is a huge key because Oliver clearly has a blind spot for his family. And she's a huge puzzle piece for him in putting this whole, you know, thing that his dad set him upon this mission together. Yeah. And it's just pretty because they're in the rain and it's light. And remember, he waves at her. <laughs> a cute little, little wave. wave. I just love that moment so much. And then he's like embarrassed that he waved. <laughs> he's like, get a grip, dude. So I think the fact that. She... And the fact that like. Basically, all it takes is her being like. Visibly disappointed for him to say like, get rid of the charm and get real and be like, yes, you can trust me. Like. And turns off the, like, Ollie charm, you know? Well, I think, too, um, she understands why he's bullshitting her. Because he doesn't trust her yet. And somebody has to make the first move. And it's Felicity. And she says, "Um, you're treating me like I'm a moron because you don't trust me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my life on the line and I'm going to give this information to you. I'm literally giving you... What could potentially be criminal evidence on your mother? Oliver could have very easily taken that and hurt Felicity with it in some way. So she's saying to him, you don't trust me. But even though you've lied to me, I trust you. And it's that big step where Oliver is like, and he has done nothing to earn the trust either. She gives of it so freely. And I, you know, everything has been conditional with everybody else in his life. He has to be be A, B, and C in order for anyone to offer understanding, compassion, love. And he gets told constantly that he's not worthy of anything good, particularly from the other love interest in this in this season so (laughs) it's really refreshing that's why felicity is such a bright light and they they really like even where where they shot it in the rain and she's just standing under like there's like a lamppost that is shining on her as they're going as he as they're talking and they frame her like that constantly in the show just like put a spotlight on her and so she's all sparkling sunlight you know what i mean like because she is she's the light so, or she harnesses his light. She's the path to the light. So I think that, you know, what's coming up in the next two episodes, this episode sets up what happens next. Without this episode, you don't get to 114. You don't no. get Felicity in the bunker. Yeah, because he, he wouldn't have trusted her right, enough right. to have gotten in her car. In the mm-hmm. first yep. And. I, that's why I get so irritated when anyone tries to argue that Felicity is not original Team Arrow. First of all, it's absolute insanity to claim that. But second, 
second of all, she earned that spot. She did. She earned it just as much as Diggle earned it, and even more than Laurel flouncing her ass in there in season three, like she owned the joint, you know. And let's not forget, he was going to her for help before exactly he even knew who he was. Yep. So, I mean, in terms of like actually function and like contributions, yes, we'll see his original team. It's arrow. the team that Oliver picked, right? Like, exactly. It's like. Mm. He didn't you, pick Laurel. You can you can scream Laurel at me since she was in episode one all you want. I don't care. It don't matter. Because <laughs> I know some people like to argue of like Oliver going to Laurel to like work on cases and stuff is like her including him her on the team. Mm-hmm. But that's technically episode like five or something, and Oliver approaches Felicity to bring her on a mission. Mm-hmm. essentially in episode three so original we've we've decided yeah argue with the wall guys exactly <laughs> exactly well and i like that the writers are starting to figure out by now that oliver's hidden secret identity isn't actually that much fun <laughs> like no they beat it over the head by episode 12 and they're starting to see that you know what we need to pull some more people into the mix here and I feel like they thought Laurel finding out was this gonna be this massive moment in the show moment and just like blow the doors off. And so they held on to it. You know how they're always like, oh, Stephen's always like how, you know, Berlanti is like, no, don't hold on to the good stuff. Like if you've got a good idea, do it. But that was one thing that I was like, because they prolonged her finding out for so long. And I find it interesting that they... Like, clearly you can tell that they're writing towards Emily Bettercart because what this means in rolling her into Oliver's, you know, vigilante world, she's now part of the other half of the show that Katie Cassidy is not in yes. at all. Yeah. Still not in it. We're halfway through the season. Nope. No signs of moving her towards that end. So that really, like, solidifies for me a lot of the times too like they had their opportunities to push laurel on the felicity track and they made deliberate choices not to do that in almost every episode so like again don't get pissed at us that elicity ended up being this is season one it's season season one season one yes season one so deal with it I think what is crazy is that they realize the Oliver and Laurel thing is just not working. And so in order to like wrap it up, they're moving at this like lightning pace with Laurel in a lot of ways. And then, I mean, it's like they're serious whiplash with their relationship by the time we get to the end of the season. Um, but it's Felicity, fast and then slow. Then fast yeah, it's like fast, and slow, slow. fast, slow. Then whoa, then we go warp speed. And then it's like, boom. Um, but with Felicity, they're so careful and deliberate with, with Laurel. I always feel like there's a hurry up and get it over with, hurry up and get it over with. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we got to write this in. Let's just get it going. Let's tell Felicity it's effort and planning. Yes. It's slow. It's deliberate. They want to take their time. They're moving the relationship bit by bit so that when they eventually get together, it makes sense. Well, and they're showing their relationship milestones very, very slowly, methodically, carefully, and reverently. Mm-hmm. Like, how much of Lor- Lorever's 
relationship milestones did we even get to see? Well, and I mean, think about this from like the from like the book perspective. You're Walter, okay? You're Walter, and you know, okay, Walter has the book from from Moira. I mean, this is such an easy storyline to include Laurel in, and they don't do it. Go to Laurel, who is a prosecutor, and be like, help me figure out what this is. And then have Laurel bring the book to Oliver. Conflicted. I don't know what this is, but it's something with your mother. And have her help him sort it right. out on, like, the it's Oliver right there. on Mass side. And then you roll her into that. You know what I mean? Like, there's clearly a path to do this and include Laurel in the vigilante undergrad program. And... They're just every time they're like the writers are like nope don't want and it. consider how they didn't really use the flashbacks to show flashbacks of their relationship like if they wanted to make a real big deal out of mm-hmm. the first time that Oliver or you know, Oliver and Laurel sleep together again they could have built up to it with a flashback to their first time sleeping together as teenagers or whatever. I'm so glad you brought that up with the flashbacks because I, I do remember as a season one viewer, I was like, okay, I get that like we have to find out what happened on the island, but could could I get something on the background with Oliver and Laurel? Like anything. Like anything positive would be great. Like yeah, let's anything? see, why do they like each other or are supposed to like each other? Right. Where is the great love story? Because you've got Oliver pining on the island, staring at that fucking photograph. I swear, y'all, I could just burn that thing. I just... Oh. <laughs> it got so useless by the time uh, the it pops up in four again, I'm just like, where is a match? I'm just ready to light that sucker. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really represents the toxicity of their relationship kind of like an Elena like Elena's necklace Elena's necklace meant something to me for a really long time and then it just became like the toxicity of the love triangle but whatever that's just details I'm just saying for a symbol it was a shitty symbol I'll take a I'll take the love fern yell fern any day yes but true that's that's one of no, the red pen. it was a symbol oh, of a shit. pen yeah pen was- better i like that pen the red pen up. kept red showing pen. up and then it was like there in their last scene together <laughs> pen beats photo every time yeah so i just you know it's just every time we got hate online about like oh this is lsd fan service and they're just i'm like yeah, I've seen shows do that. I was like, I've seen where they like they're gonna just like feed into this, but they have like no plans of following through on anything, and it it just felt more deliberate on the Felicity part. I just remember in season one, really just loving her and being very excited whenever she showed up. It was very Same. similar to my feelings when I was watching Buffy, and like Buffy was about a lot of things. But my favorite aspect of Buffy was Buffy and Angel. And I would just be like, damn, for you honest, wasn't in every episode. But I would just get super pumped when it was an Angel episode and he popped up. That's what Felicity felt like this. It's like, ooh, Angel's here. You know, it's like, oh, Felicity's here. It's a Felicity episode. And then slowly they, they roll the character in more and more. And she's in every episode, which is fantastic. And luckily they didn't like ship her off the her own television show. show. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like, do not ship Felicity off. Do not ship her off. So. Or we, we will riot or basically just leave. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> we, will, we will riot. We will riot. 
so accurate okay, like when i think of what new amsterdam did and i'm like man <gasps> we came so close so close we're gonna have to segue on that because i have i have things to say i'm sure everyone saw me angry tweeting yesterday about Express it fans deserve better <sighs> i don't know what happened so you're gonna oh, I'll tell, tell you me. you want me to tell you well segue now segue Sex. So, I don't give a shit. Honest to God, I don't give a shit what happened to all the other characters. I'm going to tell you what I did. I fast-forwarded to the very end because I was like, I really didn't care. So, apparently, he started dating Wilder, like, the last few episodes. But then, <sighs> Helen came back on one of the episodes. What? And, yep. But it wasn't, like, the actress. They were doing stuff with, like, they were doing funny clip things and, like, inserting her places. And it's like, oh, it looks like she's on the show, but she's really not on the show. And she reaches out to Max, and she says she wants to talk. Okay? And Max goes to the bar that she asked him to meet him meet her at, and he stands there at the window and just stares at her. And then he shows up at Wilder's door and kisses her. Ew. Ew. Okay. So, what are we on? Like, I know. So, we got, like, what? We have three episodes to go? Three episodes to go? Maybe five? Whatever. We're starting off a brand new relationship, and apparently they're in love. So, then it boils down to he goes to work for the World Health Organization in Sweden or wherever, and he gets offered a job there, and he goes, and she stays, and then they just leave it open. Like the way he got together with Wilder, but then he dumped her like an episode later. Like basically, they're like, we choose our jobs, but maybe in the future it'll work out and we'll get back together. That's dumb. But they leave it like completely open. They they don't tell you. And then the big thing, the big hook is Luna grows up, becomes a doctor, and she becomes the new, you know, chief or whatever his position was at New Amsterdam. Stupid. So I'm like, so wait, the show, which I have to say focused on his love life a great deal, they they don't address it. They don't address it. And I read one of the exit interviews with the producers and they're like, oh yeah, we totally shot something that answers what happens with um, Wilder. And we also had something written for Prima and she, you know, we were trying to get her to come back and she was trying to come back, but like. It, timing didn't just work out and we're so glad she didn't come back because what we had written isn't as good as what we came up with when she was not able to come and i was like sure Jan. what fucking will live on that you think that's better what you put out there is better than not having freema they are so salty about her leaving i've never seen a show like completely trashy character the way they trust trash this character so but then that makes me think like what if emily hadn't come back and they tried to pull some of this shysty shit on us i think that oh <laughs> i think there would have been enough saltiness that that would have been a possibility but i also think what they would have done is they just would have left it at what we got at the end of seven which is her walking through the portal all we would have yeah. missed is the reunion with oliver which is everything but I don't think that they I could have... even see them doing basically a body double of just a blonde ponytail from behind. Yeah, and they see all they her smile. I could see her. that. I yeah, see they that. would protect the, the the love story, and I think that's why they shot it like that because 
Mark was like, I have no idea if she's basically that was the backup plan. Yeah, they're like, like, yeah, we actually have her. (laughs) She's gonna show. So let's just we got her under contract now. Let's shoot what we got and go from there. Honestly, if they were super smart, they should have done what the writers did. And this is so ridiculous that I know this. Did anybody (laughs) watch Rain on the CW? Remember this? Yes. Okay. So spoiler alerts for those who want to watch Rain. But uh, Francis, her husband, dies in the series. He dies in season three. Okay. And the show goes on for like another season or two. But what they did, because they had Toby... Before Toby left, they filmed the end of the series with him. So they were always moving towards this ending where she ends up in heaven with uh, Francis again. So they filmed it while they had Toby on set. They're like, Toby's here. We got him. Let's yeah. just sock that that's, one away. That's so really, so smart, though. Yeah, I know. Really? If well, also, really since they were, while it's loosely, since they were basically based upon history, they knew Francis was going to die and then right. that she dies a few years later. So then it's it's the foregone conclusion. Yeah, Mary gets her head chopped off because that's how it rolls in royalty back in those days. So, yeah. Um, so even if other liberties were taken, that's kind of big that if you're going to make this these people, you kind of have to. Right. And they did bill it as like, you know, obviously Francis and Mary with a big love story of that show. But anyways, personally, I always felt like, when we got that shot in Seven, I was like, man, I really hope that they film something. In fact, I asked him. I really asked like, did you guys film anything with Emily before she left for, the, for Eight? And he was like, no. They <laughs> like, should have. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> We're really driving here. We're going wild no, and crazy. I'm scared. It, it's, like the, it's like the moment in Infinity War when Shuri asks, um, Bruce Banner of like why didn't you do blah 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 this smart thing and then he's all embarrassed like because we didn't think of oh, that, that. <laughs> oh, like but- y'all need to hire me right Oh, what was I watching on TikTok okay so this blew my mind I don't know if it's real I believe almost everything that's on TikTok though so anyways TikTok said that oh Stan Lee was supposed to play old um, Captain America in the final scene with Sam and hands it to him. So what blew my mind is they were like, so all the times that you saw Stan, uh, Stan Lee pop up, he's just like, he's Captain America just like checking in as an old man. That would have been awesome. It's a mind fucker. <laughs> it would have been awesome. That would have been sweet. <laughs> like you have to sit with it for a minute and then you're like holy shit that's amazing so i hope it's true don't lie to me tiktok tiktok lies all the time darling i know yeah it doesn't entirely check out but it's but it's fun yeah okay so are we done with 12 also 12 of this batch of episodes is the other most irritating we'll just leave it at that what's no i don't know what you're talking about what's irritating Thea at her oh, most irritating. Oh, God. I mean, Thea's just really awful all season long. I don't know. She's pretty irritating in season two, too. Yeah, she's basically... Remember what a pain in the ass she is with Roy? Like, calm down, girl. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just... My big thing is I'll never get over the stupid contract thing of, like, you could have been rich. <laughs> 
Also, that like, drove me nuts. He gave up being rich out of pettiness. Seriously. Like, that could was you like, just, Jesus Christ. Could you just the stop The privilege. Being, uh, right? Like, you don't, like, I've never had don't to worry get it. about money, so what is there really to worry about? Oh, my gosh. There's a lot so to worry about. So many things. Only Sorry. everything. And now isn't she just lucky daddy. that she has a rich daddy that was uh-huh. able to scoop her up? Loaded. But no, won't write. He's evil. Dad, but he'll pay for he's the apartment for, he, for you, but Oliver's living in a freaking bunker. He's living, bunker. Like, whatever. I just, whatever. He's living literally he's in the bunker. technically boundary. homeless. We're so angry. And it, like, she's totally fine with it, too. Like, does she ever offer, do you want to move in with me, Oliver? My massive loft apartment where there's two bedrooms? Sometimes Theo just makes me really mad. <laughs> Yeah, so like she was going through it. I know mm-hmm. she was young, but it's still. Hard I was to watch. fully in favor of her going to jail. Yeah, same. I kind of was like, a night in the pokey might do Arthea a lot of good. And I really didn't feel like she deserved. I mean, what a. I mean, really, you could look at it as what's worse going to jail or spending the day with Laurel. It's a I'd so much rather go to jail. <laughs> I think jail. Jail is not looking that bad. So, I mean, I guess she's basically working at a not-for-profit law firm filing shit. And I, I did that, only it was at a prof- for-profit law firm, and it was really boring. So I think I have enough. some residual resentment to Thea because season three is my favorite, and a lot of the bullshit that we had to put up with in season three mm-hmm. was because of her. Yeah. It really, ir- like, I can't wait to get into that because it's like the focus, the hyper focus on Thea bugs me. And like, when does she ever pay that back? Right. I guess like the big pay it back was is like when she finds out, but like also I don't, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I will say that this is the one episode where Laurel finally put some blame on Sarah. And listen, gross with Laurel doesn't have to far between. between. So when the girlfriend gives you nuggets, you gotta like snap them up. So she was like, oh, by the way, Oliver wasn't the only one who cheated. So did Sarah. So what did that take us? That took us 12 episodes to get to that in five, six years. Honestly, Which is honestly impressive since it's very obvious that neither Lance um, went to a therapist when they really should have. I mean, honestly, honestly. therapy could have helped so many people on the show. So many. Facts. So true. Okay. Now we're at what? 113? Now we're at 13. It's vertigo time. And it's a good. Oh, no. 13. We already did. Yeah. So this is betrayal. Mm-hmm. Now I do remember us discussing that in our last podcast. I think we skipped twelve. I think we just Why went did we right skip over 12? twelve. We just went straight to thirteen. I don't no, know. No, we, we didn't. About. We didn't talk this. No. No, we didn't. Okay. So anybody who actually listens to our show, tweet us and let us know what we talked about last episode. <laughs> we Please, we can't remember. This is proof that basically we did a little bit show. of a. We did a billion rabbit trails of in royal stuff. We brief went through eleven, and then briefly talked about 
with 12 of just we talked about like count vertigo and just left it at that and then here we are so this is betrayal of peak love triangle bullshit i'm sorry i get pumped for this because y'all know i love me a good love triangle and i was ready to love the lorver you know merlance like battle let's do this thing but it's so fucking awful and obvious you know like you need to pretend that one half of the triangle has a shot in hell otherwise it's really not a love triangle it really isn't you know like listen i feel like they've tried to answer that by like in after oliver ghost oliver fixed everything he like had laurel and tommy together get married it was like okay yeah i mean given Mm. how they treated how laurel treats tommy later in later seasons i have a real yeah rage about that because she doesn't deserve him this is fair this is fair and i feel like my i mean this has really been the evolution for me with me and laurel Cause I used to like really like defend her and believe in that she could actually become a character worth a damn who <laughs> was interesting and like can have her own storyline separate from Oliver and doesn't need to be involved in all this toxicity and we can just do this super cool black canary. It's all no, no, yeah. I'm going to save you all for anyone who's watching Arrow for the first time. Do not hope in that it will crush you. It would crush you. But my thing is, each half of the love triangle needs to be a legitimate threat to the other half. Otherwise, it's not Correct. a love triangle. Okay? That's where, the, just that's where the drama comes from. Like, there actually has to be, oh, this is actually kind of a difficult choice for me. Correct. You know? There has to be some sort of sign from one. Then it's just a ship and someone else also being like, there. I'll give you examples of great love triangles. Damon, Elena, Stefan. Damon and Stefan were legitimate threats to each other. Vine over Elena, as long as Nina Dover was on the show. Because they could have flipped it any time that they wanted, and it would have made sense. It would have been okay. I mean, sense in the Vampire Diaries standpoint. I always thought that the Brooke, Lucas, Peyton, other than the fact that Lucas was a absolute piece of crap most of the time, but, like, there, you could see, like, these the, the female characters were so much better than him. Honestly, they should have just hooked up. But whatever. <laughs> I, it, it, you're like, oh, yeah, it, this is a really tough call. Brooke or Peyton. Brooke or Peyton. They're both awesome. You know what I mean? So, like, it's like that kind of mentality. It's like, not, for example, like, Pacey, Joey, Dawson. <laughs> now, y'all, you Dawson's Creek people, don't come, come for me on this because Dawson is a little bitch and there was never a chance in hell she was going to pick him. It's Pacey's Pond anyways. But like this, this particular love triangle, this one is particularly terrible because it's clear there's, this is never going to work out for Tommy. We have, we have put Tommy. When you're making a love triangle, that there needs to be at least some level of chemistry on both sides where if, if there's making out on either end, even if it's not the side that you're thrilled about, you're like, okay, I see it as far as, Another example of like Kate, Jack, and Sawyer of like you may have opinions and stuff, and obviously once Juliet gets into the picture, it's different. But you're like, okay, I can get why she'd want to make out with both of them. 
Oh, it's totally. true. Yeah, absolutely. So both had fire. Yeah. I just to me this concept that Laurel Laurel really feels kind of like um like whoever is worthy of her that's who's going to end up with laurel like laurel is like this like golden ticket of um you know just justice and truth and pure love and joy and light and like it just doesn't make any sense because if you talk to her for five seconds she's a raging bitch and i don't get it okay (laughs) but second of all this concept that Oliver, by default, as the vigilante, like, this is, this is like the lazy writing. They're like, well, he's already a hero, so clearly he deserves Laurel, so it's just a foregone conclusion that they're going get, to get together. Mm-hmm. That drives me nuts, because I don't actually feel at this point in Oliver's life, he's really even remotely ready for any kind of a real relationship. So just the fact that he's throwing on a hood every night doesn't do it for me in terms of redemption when he was sleeping with her sister sorry just because you can fight crime doesn't mean you're able to be in a committed and monogamous relationship how how does that even equate to that well it doesn't he whored around with her sister for how many whatever times and then she died but it'll be okay she'll forgive him when she finds out he's the vigilante like what 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 math is that i have questions meanwhile you have little teddy bear of a human being tommy who's just a horrible <sighs> cupcake he's just like no puppy like the only the scenario where that's relevant is if you're in some kind of apocalypse setup where you're like okay i need someone who can fight so we can stay alive right then, uh, then a tommy is not not that helpful right but- then oliver makes sense to me but like <laughs> the entire season i'm like well cl-. and like listen they try to throw this whole like tommy is also equally as much as a party boy as oliver and not into the same they kind of made like them both into like these bad boys that are trying to reform but i no. really don't feel like tommy that really ever fit tommy was was he was he was too sweet and too in love with laurel for that to be for that like a legitimate thing exactly like even in the premiere he's gobsmacked with her like that smile he gives her and listen people will argue with me i personally feel merlance has way more chemistry than laura but that's so a low much bar. more no you're right you're right okay, you're right it's a low bar i understand that it's, it's like, such a low bar but right. they did like laura the sandpaper of sex i get it but like <laughs> there's a preference like can't you just imagine how uncomfortable no i don't want to but thank like, you the friction alone, like, I just like whoa, whoa, whoa. radioactive so oh god oh god okay so it just it just and this like doesn't do me any favors with laurel because i get angrier and angrier with her every episode like you stupid dumbass bitch what is your problem he's human perfection he's a golden retriever and he's cute and that's rich. why I love all the fix that have like Tommy and Felicity in season one because I'm like, you know, get him away from that mean, evil Laurel. Anyway, I, I really still feel your peak Laurel for me and you is when you totally got me to rewrite my whole fix. Yes. Remember when I was arguing with you? I was like, no, no. I tell her I tell 
tell in the ending because it's me guys on sunshine and rainbows it was just gonna be a happy ending and i before and tommy were gonna end up together and callie was like it that will is not, not a happy stand. ending for tommy <laughs> she's like Justice not on tommy. my watch <laughs> tommy doesn't deserve that she's like absolutely not this is not what we're doing we're not doing this i was like but it makes sense you're like i don't care <laughs> He's nope. like, we'll fix that. We'll make it make sense my way. But <laughs> it, was really, it was like a really long Twitter debate, but then he swayed me. I was like, oh, yeah, that works too. See? We could stick it to Laurel at the very end. So <laughs> it's all good. Yes. Yeah. So Laurel's working with the hood and like. Then Lance uses Laurel to like try to take him down, and that's the whole betrayal. Is and then Tommy's getting jealous. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a really yuck scene with Oliver and Tommy about who's letting Laurel work with the vigilante. And I'm like, listen, don't make me get my glory all. Oh, I know. You know, I'm like. (laughs) Steinem, like, no, like, I don't want to get my feminist chair out, but I'll get it out and I'll stand on it. <laughs> like, listen, like, boys, we're not enough for, do that. for the ladies. You don't let me do, do you shit, realize how shit. sexist you have to be for yeah, us to stand up for Laurel? And also, this is 2012. Like, come on. I mean, at least Tommy kind of was like, I'm not letting her do anything. Like, he was like, I only just found out about it, but I was like, nope, see. If you just put, I don't let, like, just put the period. I'm not like, you know, I'm just not end her it. father. I'm, or like, add because she does what she wants to do, like a, you know, person with their own free will and like, whatever. See, this is why I don't, this is like the season one Oliver that I just don't like, that he's just so kind of like patronizing with. It's also since you are the, like, the vigilante it's like you messy bitch yeah he's a disaster but also he's just like it's so much danger but i'm like i mean i don't know diggle's got a gun <laughs> it'll probably be but i don't know i just feel like he's kind of patronizing to the women in season one except felicity except he felicity. yeah he respects her he values and that's her. another reason why felicity stands out so much in season mm-hmm. one why so many people were like without any encouragement well Steve was encouraging but you know like no concrete intro encouragement people were shipping them because it was like it was different it wasn't uh-huh. it wasn't like Laurel it wasn't like McKenna it wasn't like uh-huh. Helena it wasn't like anybody else totally different energy with. with those two yeah which is good because Oliver needed that energy. Oh man, so much. And also, if I gotta watch Laurel try to peer inside the hood one more fucking time, oh my I swear. God. Are you blind, girl. bitch? Like, how do you not see it? It's like, who's in there? I wonder. I'm like, it's Oliver. And that's why I, I love the line in Daredevil season two when Matt's like, How how did you know it was me? I I wear a mask, and then just like I'd recognize that ass anywhere. And it's well, like... do you guys remember? Okay. No, you do you but guys it's remember? Like, yeah, you um, dated him for a very long time. 
Like, do you guys remember the 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 Green Lantern movie, the one with Ryan Reynolds? Yes. yes. Okay, so y'all know that like Guggenheim and Berlanti worked on that as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, the one where Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds first met and worked together. Anyhow, point being that when he comes to her window and he's like, "No, you can't know who I am." She's like, "Bitch, I know it's you." And he's like, how do you know it's me? He's like, your cheekbones. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Could it be the 80% like, of your face that isn't covered? I mean, all right, this will be crass. But the leather pants alone, she slept with him how many times? You can't figure it out? Like, again, are you blind? Girl, you're not familiar with them? Because it stands out. It's there. It's hard to miss. That's all I got to say. Also, the beard. Also, the entire physical physique looks identical to Oliver. Also, he showed up when Oliver came back to town. Everybody, like, just fucking dismisses that. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. The stupidity. Here's the other thing that drives me nuts whenever Laurel's around the fucking hood. What is the, you know how, like, she does the bitey thing when she kisses yeah. Oliver? Okay. So, she does this breathy thing when she's around the hood. It's like, what? I'm bitey. She sounds like she's trying to like set for an orgasm, and I'm like, "Could you calm down and talk like a normal person?" It's like, I wish I could understand who you are. The definition <laughs> like, of calm it's your like tits, a really girl. Bad, like... It's like a bad Jessica <laughs> Rabbit. You know what I mean? You're like, "What are you doing?" None of this is attractive. It's all bad. It's it's really bad. I'm like, we can just as much as we can do less, less. Yeah, it's like it's, it's all like porn boys, and you're just like, why? So then we get the even crazier standpoint, and that it feels like Tommy and Laurel don't have any other friends than Oliver because they keep going to Oliver with all their relationship bullshit, and I'm like, this is so inappropriate. Yeah, and it's all to show, look, Oliver's so over it, except he's not. Well, he's he really was, not. But like. He was over it. All we saw from him was how over it he was. Except for this one moment in this one conversation in this one hospital hallway where he's like, maybe I don't want to say if I'm over it. And I'm like, that's not a yes. And it's not a no. It's like a non-answer. So it's just a non-committal, let's leave the door open. After all the no, no, no. And then like, I'm not going to say no. Like, honest to God, I don't know how she didn't sock him in the face after that bullshit. Like, I just Tommy uh, did suck him in the face, and honestly, he just or at least it. he tried. He tried, he, like he tried, and he fell on his ass. I think he missed, oh, but it was Tommy. a valiant effort. He was drunk. I feel like if he was sober, it would have been, it would have gone. Better. Honestly, Oliver, you know you deserve it. You should have let him hit you. Totally okay, so like, let also, him. what's the line that he says to Tommy? Like he's like, this is Oliver. This is Oliver 2.0. He's been to therapy. He's fully grown and he now knows how real relationships work. And he's like, you guys should just like have a real good chat about it and be honest and just like tell each other who you truly are. Okay. And then he says like, fix it before it becomes unfixable. It's like, what is that? You know how to be unfixable? If you fuck her, that's how it gets unfixable. Screw her sister. You have experience with this sort of thing, don't you all? Yeah, that's that's unfixable. That's unfixable, Oliver. And yeah, Oliver is walking around sometimes. He's still like like this episode in particular, he walks around like he has like a claim on Laurel and like he like has a shot in hell of this ever becoming 
it's like he's doing he's trying too hard not to be a wedge but he's also trying to be a wedge he's like yes he's trying not to be a wedge but he also doesn't want to give up the potential of maybe someday being a wedge basically yes <laughs> that's it like, i don't want to interfere but i'm totes going to interfere someday and, like what like when i'm good and ready i'm taking her back that's <laughs> oliver's attitude this well and time. you know what i hate to bring up but it's it it, it needs to be said you know what he's doing in season one with Laurel? No. He's dangling maybes. Oh, fuck. You're right. He is dangling maybes. But Laurel doesn't have enough self-respect, which is why 301 is just mm. the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take that, And she made him work for it. And season three is so satisfying. Listen, I was never upset about Ray. I was like, nope. Listen, you go get yourself some. You go sleep with fucking Superman and yep. learn him a lesson. Yep. I mean, honestly, Superman. <laughs> like, yes, girl, get it. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, still talk about that. version one. Stephen would have been fine with Billy if it was someone that was remotely attractive enough to warrant. This is also true. Detective Tiny Hands. If, if it was Josh Cigar instead of Tiny Hands. <laughs> or if it was Tommy. Man, I can't wait till we can rant about that again. Like, God, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Missed opportunities in this show just drive me crazy. I know. I also love that Tommy completely concludes that she has the hots for the hood. Which isn't wrong. I mean, it's fair. But I think she did. Yeah. And what's crazy to me about this is if Laurel has the hots for the hood, doesn't that basically mean she's kind of cheating on Tommy by working with him? Kind of, sort of? Like, it's it's very blurry lines. It's an emotional it's, affair of sorts. Yeah! I it's feel at least yeah. it's at least crossing some lines and betraying some trust. Right. So, right, again, as we're trying to present the, the two sides of the love triangle as viable options, you're like, okay, she doesn't even know Oliver's the hood yet and she's panting over him on the roof <laughs> like are we gonna pretend that Tommy isn't anything other than filler boyfriend like hold the slot so I have someone to go to the movies with when I feel like it but I'm gonna chuck him when I get the guy that I really no, want but seriously I mean it's just not a good look and Tommy really doesn't deserve it and it makes Laurel look like the terrible person she is <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna tell you guys you guys are gonna like this version of Jen because this version of Jen is far enough away from season one now that I see the truth. I remember that's... how you used to try <laughs> to like defend her. I would try. Stop. Like, no, no, it'll like, be okay. Like, someday stop. she's gonna be good, and I'm like, it's she's gonna never be gonna be it's good. It's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> oh, you had hope. I had so much hope. I was a babe in the woods, literally Bambi. You wanted it to be true. God yep. bless you for it. Yep. You gave her more than enough chances. Yep, I totally agree. So it also serves as a complete and total emotional breakdown between Laurel and Lance, which yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they had a lot of things that didn't work. Through. The wrong—I'm just gonna say it—the wrong daughter's alive anyway. So whatever, we'll just like wait till the good one shows up. Um, what else happened? Yeah. What else happened, Maddie? Your encyclopedia. Well, I'm just kind of going through your review, which is helpful, but um... oh, that's good. <laughs> 
Because then you also have the Oliver and Diggle conflict of like that Diggle investigates Moira. Oh, that's like, right. I forgot. He bugged her. And Oliver's like, what the hell? Why are you looking at my mom? Like, like, yo, bitch, why are you looking into my mama? And Diggle's like, because your mom is shady as hell. <laughs> She's a felon looking for 15 to 20. That's why I'm looking She's into a- your mom, she- Oliver. <laughs> And Oliver's like, it doesn't mean anything. She had her own copy of the book. And Diggle's just like, I don't even know how you are this stupid. <laughs> like, it's really starting to make sense. Like, I mean, there's blind spots and then there's there's blind spots with... And I know, like, okay, they had to do it, I guess, maybe to, like, make the mystery roll... <laughs> Here's the question. Are you guys even a big fan of the big undertaking mystery? Do you like, were you invested in this? No. Me neither. I could give a shit. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I was never like, ooh, who's, who's, well, the, who's not the until it, like, not until the final few episodes. Till yeah. It got to, like, no. Yeah. Then it got interesting. But like, all of this, like, book stuff. And you realize the scale Pegasus of like. And yeah. I was like, I don't, yeah. I was like, I kind of found it, most of it boring. Well, once you realize it's not just like a taking control of the city, like power stuff, and it's actually like, oh, we're going to like basically have a mini genocide of <laughs> four people, then you're like, oh, shit. Like, then going biblical. Got it. Okay. This is this is a lot more serious than I thought it was. Exactly. at first you just think it's like rich people controlling things, and you're like, well, that, that tracks. But... I mean, the rich people now it's like, oh, we're just gonna kill all the poor people. Okay, don't you love the scene though? So Diggle bugs bugs Moira, and he catches Merlin on the tape too. Yeah, but Merlin's voice is screaming. He sounded like the like like uh, Ghostface from Scream. Yes, because he had like some sort of voice scrambler on his. Yeah, it was like a voice scrambler, and you're like, wait, what? That's not John Barrowman's talking. It's like it's like he it's like Merlin walks through life always thinking he's being recorded. <laughs> and it's like now I'm just gonna completely disguise my super villainy there of thinking ahead. <laughs> not everyone makes that step. It just totally it just totally cracked me up. I also felt like he bought a voice scrambler off of Sky Mall. I always so felt like Moira and Tommy like or Moira and uh, Merlin, every time I saw them together, I was like, I wonder if they banged. Uh, and then we found out they did. Because <laughs> <laughs> <They did. laughs> I feel like these two banged is really what I was coming off with. The vibe. So, yeah. you know, that was kind of like one of my season one. I wonder if, and then that pays dividends later. But <laughs> And then you're like, please stop playing dividends. I, st- I don't want to be right anymore. <laughs> Can I just be wrong? At about what cost? Things? Yeah. I don't like this game. <laughs> I know too much. I know so much. Okay. Okay. Little sidetrack of it just reminded me because he used a sure jam gif in, in her review. And so I had a moment 
recently we're in a group chat with work friends i used sure jan and one of the people replied who's jan and i just realized, oh my god i was Come like on. they did not i was like oh wait i'm i'm on twitter and tumblr way too I much i feel like but... that's a vernacular that pretty much that transcends internet yeah yeah because it was in a movie it was in the brady bunch movie I mean, come on. Have you been on this planet for the like, last everyone's years? Like, everyone's in Shurjan. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like, like it's the reason why it was a joke is because they said Shurjan all the time. The Brady Bunch <laughs> show in the 60s. <laughs> ah, that show is classic. I love yeah. that show. Love me some Brady Bunch. But I realize it's like, the amount of times I, like, think in reaction gifts that <laughs> I know it is a problem. I do think in like memes and reactions. <laughs> remembering, yes. oh, I can't bring this up with mm-hmm. normies. Basically, I do love that at my job we do use gifts frequently in our chats. So, yeah. Except like our chat is called Meme Team, and I'm like, except we're not a meme team because we don't do memes, we do gifts. It always bothered me, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, circling back. So, <laughs> Do, can we talk a little bit how terrible Laurel is at action? Katie Cassidy is at action scenes. Always. Okay, so they electric, like they don't electrocute her, but like they taser. Oh my god! And she like, it's like you know how like she's like falling down like gently, so I don't want to hurt my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like just dropping. She gotta falls, preserve like, my money maker. Beauty. Yeah. It's like, she's just terrible I just I really want to know how her audition for Laurel Lance went because I feel like they were like it's I mean listen you've got I never personally felt she didn't audition remember yeah I really didn't feel good Sarah like Sarah Michelle Gellar was that great at the action scenes like they there was a lot of coverage there for her and they they sold it as oh Sarah does all kinds of stuff and I'm like Sarah can't run. So. <laughs> no, but Sarah at least was decent at knowing how to like. Yeah, she could like blend like, with the could, stunt like, double. Yeah, could, you know? Yes, yes. Like she was believable when she was doing her things. Her and minimal things, things. She couldn't do the things. Then they were. I feel like they were better at cutting. But like Katie can't even do like the minimal like lead up things. So the like the good, so the stunt double double can jump in and then do the hard stuff. She can't do the easy stuff. The easy stuff looks terrible. And Truly. I'm like, did nobody try this out with her? We didn't take her to a gym before and just be like, we show me how not. you punch, Katie. We show me how you fell down, her a Katie. bunch of scripts and said, pick one. Pick one. Okay. And also, like, did you realize when you signed up for the superhero show that it might require you to do things? Nah. You know. All right, no. ladies. Well, I gotta have some pizza. Have to go feed Callie. So, all right, guys. I'm yeah. excited. It's fourteen. Fourteen. It's coming. Fourteen. It's all changing. It's on now. like Donkey Kong. I'm gonna write it this weekend. I'm taking a break from work because guess what? Another person quit. So I'm picking up the load. Drinking. I'm literally just really giving a hard consideration to just starting to booze during the day. Good idea. I kind of just feel like let's just do it. I work from home. Like it'll be fine. I'm in favor. I don't have enough food to counterbalance it. I'm just gonna like, you know, fuck this shit. I'm just gonna get plowed. I'm sure my work will improve as only it could. 
Just try it one day. See what happens. Try Jen's blast. <laughs> well, good luck, Jen. All right. Thanks, guys. And good, good luck, luck Maddie, too. I'll see you Woo! guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.